My fellow Texans, today we remember the great Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and his work to further civil and equal rights among Americans. Together we march in the streets and pray in our churches and we pause each in our own way to pay honor to those like Dr. King who sacrificed so much so that others might not feel the oppression of man, state, or their corporate influencers. As citizens of this shining city on a hill, as it's called by President Reagan, we come together to recognize just how far that we have come and still how much further we have to go. America is said to be the greatest country on earth, and in many ways we certainly are. But in so many ways we fail to live up to that charge of being this global example and we fail miserably at showing the world just how great we really are. In our country today, many Americans find themselves struggling to find access to health care and the aftercare that is often needed following an accident or an illness. Millions of Americans find themselves burdened with the decision to pay for a prescription drug or buy their next meal, as meager as it may be. In this great society, healthcare workers are battling with complex dilemmas of balancing between their Hippocratic oath to do no harm and fulfilling the insurance company demands. They know, like many of us, that the outcome for their patient is not totally controlled by the doctor and the patient themselves, but rather the insurance company and the financial managers that ultimately control our nation's healthcare industry. Here in our own state, many Texans live with tarps on their homes some two and a half years after one of the most devastating natural disasters in American history. Many have fought to find money to make repairs because of our insurance lobby here in Texas. Well, they were more worried about profits than they were people. Many Texans have taken their own lives by their own hand, because of the storms of life and insurance companies have left them in deep financial peril and even depression. And even those that did choose to end their own lives, even if they would have brought it to the attention of their loved ones and people that cared about them, access to mental health services here in Texas are still far below that of the rest of this country. On this day of remembering, I ask you this question, and it's been asked over and over and over again. Are we any better today than we were before? I, like many Texans, believe that we are not, and that we must stand, for the, stand and fight for the rights of Americans, all men and women created equally under a fair and loving God. My fellow Texans, I say that while in some ways, yes, we are better, in other ways, we are not. When judgment is passed upon the poor and hate is spewed from our hearts, we show just how backwards we really are in Texas, in America. Why do we not recognize that poverty is not always a condition of one's laziness? and that mental health care is a serious problem, and that the services needed to control it are not readily accessible, especially to those 
who are uninsured or maybe even underinsured for that matter. I would like to tell you the story of Josephine Willis, an 87-year-old woman from Houston who I met several years back. Her husband was a factory worker. She was a homemaker. They worked hard on the city's southeast side. Josephine's husband bounced around from job to job, doing what he could do. He didn't have the luxury of being at a stable company. He didn't have an education he didn't have those things that were needed to create a good, solid life. But he did what he could. Their children, all three of them, graduated from the University of Houston. Today, they practice social work in the inner city areas of the fourth largest city in the country. When Josephine's husband became diabetic, he couldn't afford his medications. Medications that he needed regularly to keep himself healthy. Many of their meals came from local food pantries, which offered bread and starches, simply because healthier options were just not available. Josephine's husband required kidney dialysis and suffered in pain for many days. Together, they lived off of a monthly income of $1,185 a month in Social Security benefits. That's hardly enough to survive. But those who knew the system encouraged them to buy an insurance product, a Medicare supplement plan. But the additional money for such an insurance plan just wasn't in their budget. In the end... While waiting on a, social, on a response from the Social Security Administration for additional medical disability, Joseph, Josephine's husband would die nearly a pauper. Nearly a pauper. Sad, society would say, but that's one less person that we have to pay for. They once said that education was the great equalizer of society. It isn't. Money and wealth is. And until we learn to properly live by the idea that we are truly one for all and all for one, we will never experience true equality and fairness among members of our society. Until we can say that all men are not in fear of the insurance company and financial managers and the police here in America. Until we can say that no child is truly ever left behind in our education system. Until we can say that yes, I am my brother's brother. We will never fully recognize the importance of the work of Dr. Martin Luther King. Now, I know some of you are sitting back saying, oh, Matt, you're advocating for, for, for socialist views. I'm not. I'm advocating for individual responsibility. For those who can help themselves to help themselves. For those who can help others, help others. It's not too much to ask. It's not too much to help ask. To help your brother, believe it or not, he is, regardless of what you think.
your brother. Today and every day, let us commit to equality among men and to see to it that despite race, gender identity, socioeconomic status, or religious leaning, that we are all equal to the God who gives us the life that we live and the opportunity to live it.